to have that unfortunate situation happen and have somebody be my voice of reason and be like, you got to do this. I had to do it. Yeah. It was just more reassurance to get into the gym and start training. And that's exactly what I did. How did that first uh, day go? To me, it was cool because I always wanted to wrestle. I always wanted yeah. to do all these things. And it wasn't weird for me because I came from a male dominated yeah. sport. So to be the only girl in the room, it wasn't weird it for wasn't. me. Awesome. So we're live. A- another episode of Adversity Kings. This will be jiu-jitsu feature so we've got katie how do i say the last name boom last name is bohenic nobody bohenic. ever says it right i was gonna say like bomacek close enough close enough so close it's bohenic bohenic yep the c silent and what's the nationality so my last name is super polish i'm not that polish like everybody thinks i look super super polish and yeah I like that i'm only like a quarter i'm as polish as i am mexican and i don't look very mexican so you're polish <laughs> and mexican uh primarily yeah okay cool let's go so where'd you grow up so I grew up in just outside, like, Chicago suburbs, I guess. I, like, just outside the suburbs. So okay. um, Lockport area, if you're familiar with that. but A little bit. Yeah, it's pretty far from here. <laughs> so do you still stay out there? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So I'm Go. out there for another few months before I move. You, and you're going down to train at Daisy Fresh? Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll be down at Pedigo Submission Fighting. Um, moving down to Southern Illinois for other reasons. It just okay. so happens that I'll be close to that gym. So Let's go. So what are you? what else are you going down there for? So I am graduating from the nursing program at my school in May. Okay. So I have a job at a hospital down there, have a house, have everything set up and all that good stuff. But um, I went to school down there for two years for exercise science and changed majors and came back. But I always loved living down there. It was so, so different than up here. So you've trained down there before then? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Dope. So how long have you been training? Oh, gosh. We're coming up on four years now. I think it's getting close to four. Let's go. Yeah. So you got to be purple belt then. <laughs> I'm still a blue belt. Uh, I'm coming up on three years of being a blue belt, which is pretty long. But Yeah. Um, Injury? No, just, I, I mean, I've had to school. take, yeah, I was going to say I've yeah. had to take so much time off of training for school. I couldn't school. imagine, yeah. like, uh, we have Mahmood on, and you know Mahmood? Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Be, he's a nurse too. Yeah, he is. So to, to be a nurse and to compete in jiu-jitsu, it's like yeah. a, it's crazy. I mean, it's like yeah. two, like, if you're going to compete... And, and you're really mm-hmm. doing decent, you know what I mean? Especially like the both of you do. I mean, you're talking about two full-time jobs. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're in the medical field, so it's draining on your body. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you're getting the proper amount of recovery, physical health, and different yeah. things like that. So that's crazy. So let's before we get too far into jiu-jitsu, I kind of want to you know get an idea of like where you grew up and like what was growing up for you like. So Lockport, what was growing up for you like? So, I mean, I grew up in a great, great area, great neighborhood. I have great parents, um, but I'm the youngest of five kids. I am the only girl, so naturally, lowest on the totem pole, lowest, yeah. lowest in the pecking order. I got my ass kicked a lot. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> so, like, one of my, like, earliest memories is, like, one of my brothers throwing a blanket over me and just kicking my ass and just hitting me over, the, like, underneath the blanket. Yeah, I feel like I'd but, done that to my sister. Yeah, right? It's like all sister. siblings beat each other's yeah. asses at some point, right? Yeah. It so, was, like, last week, but it was last <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> it was at Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> it's no big deal. Exactly. So getting beat up, you got four older brothers or yeah. five, four, four older brothers. Four. Okay, so four mm-hmm. older brothers. And then what about your parents? What were they doing? So uh, my mom was a librarian most of my childhood. Okay. And then my dad um, worked for the post office for most of it. He worked for some uh, tech companies. Okay. And he traveled a lot. So most of my childhood, my dad was either sleeping or traveling okay. and like out of the country. So it who, was mostly like my mom and, and all the kids. And who were you closest to growing up? My brother, for sure. Like one for in sure. particular? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, so the order it goes is 
um, there's the two half brothers, and one's like 17 years older than one's 15 years older than me. So big age difference. Um, and then the closest to, so my full brothers, I'm 24. The next one up is who I'm closest to, Joey. He is 20. Oh, God, I should know this. Oh, no. <laughs> he'll be 26 soon. Don't watch, uh, Joey. <laughs> yeah, I hope he's not listening. He'll probably be pretty like pretty pissed at me. <laughs> he'll be 26 soon. And then Tommy is going to be 28 this year. So he, she had my mom had three kids in three years. We're all pretty close in age. But. And then which one was the best friend? Joey. Joey, Joey for sure. And he's going to be 26? He's going to be 26, yeah. Okay, cool. And then you're 24? 24. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So we're the same age. When's your birthday? September 22nd. I'm 25th. Yeah? yeah. No way. Hell yeah. So you're older three days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I got, all my grades will come in before yours. I was literally just going to ask. I was like, <laughs> do you have any September birthdays? Because there had to be one. So yeah. is there any other brothers in September? Mm-hmm. So my oldest of my full brothers, Tommy, he's September September 14th. Okay. And then my dad's September 1st. So there's three of us Let's that go. are Let's Virgo, go. Libras, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let's go. So you're growing up, parents are working, close with Joey, and then when did you start getting into sports? So the reason I got into sports, and this is actually kind of kind of an interesting story, I was really, really young. I think I was maybe like seven or eight, and I heard my mom on the phone, and I wasn't supposed to hear this conversation, but, you know, like being the youngest kid and the only girl, like I spent a lot of time sitting at baseball games, sitting at football games. Yeah. So my parents would always, or, well, my mom particularly would always hear like, oh, how are the boys doing? How's this sport going? How's baseball? How's football? How's basketball? How's wrestling? And nobody ever asked about me. Not a lot of people knew she even had a daughter. Mm. So I remember hearing this conversation, my mom on the phone, and she, somebody asked her, they're like, you have a daughter? She's like, well, yeah, I have, I have my youngest daughter. And they're like, I didn't even know you had one because all you ever do is talk about the boys. And hearing that, I was like, huh, I don't do anything yeah. like worth talking about. And like my eyes and I was like, I was seven years old. So to hear that, I was like, I need to do something because it can't, I can't just it's be. It's such a young age for it to trigger. <laughs> it's a very vivid memory. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I like vividly remember that. That must be girls maturing like faster because my memories mm-hmm. don't really start until like nine. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I have so many young memories. <laughs> but I have like so childhood many. drama. She's like, what the fuck's wrong? <laughs> right. <laughs> girls remember like the day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember nothing. Oh my God. Okay. Started, started then. Um, so that triggered you, obviously. Yeah. So what did you get into first? You're seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. So I got into horseback riding, actually. I actually grew up riding horses. No way. Yeah. Where? So I, I, grew up, I grew up on a farm in mm-hmm. Arkansas before okay, my yeah, parents split up, <laughs> and we raised uh, Tennessee walkers. So no way. It wasn't, like a, it wasn't like a conventional horseback riding. It was yeah. just like, uh, I don't know, home or family. Yeah. What's up? Oh, okay. Is this better? Should I uncross my feet? Oh, no, you are great. Okay. It's right in his face. It's because I'm, like, slouched today just because I'm too tall for the camera. (laughs) (sighs) That's wrong. That's what it's like being 6'5". Yeah, Yeah. 6'5". Ladies are watching this. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Black belt. Black belt, of course. I like me and Omar always joke. I'm just a half black guy with a white belt. So white belt skills. Or, or are you uh, half, <laughs> half the other way? Half white, not black belt. Right. Half white, white belt, whatever. like to incorporate the uh, the African-American for me just to kind of diversify for Omar. Hell yeah. Not many uh, African-Americans over there for him. <laughs> but uh, 
So what sport did we get into? Uh, we were talking about horses. So, horses. Yeah, yes. you grew up with Tennessee Walkers. I grew up with just about every breed. Yes. But uh, specifically, like the older I got, and the more I stuck with it. Like my yeah. trainer really got into Arabians. Okay. So, and Arabian horses have like sounds fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're short, actually, the, most of them. Yeah. Um, typically, that breed sits a little shorter, and they have one less rib than most horses. Oh, okay. I'm a total. I'm a total nerd when it comes to horse anatomy, horse psychology, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but. Arabians have a reputation for being crazy. Yeah. So, like, most people, when they hear, like, Arabian horse, they're like, oh, those are, like, beautiful but insane. Did you ever and watch that horse movie, Hidalgo, I think it is? I haven't. Let me, let me look it up. Keep going. I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it. Okay, so um, you have heard about it? I'm I have, yeah. Okay. But, you know, growing up around horses, like, it teaches you a lot. And I'm sure you have yes. kind of a similar experience. Yeah, like, I got kicked one. Oh, yeah. Where, well, hold on, where'd you in, get kicked? In the head. Me too! Yeah. Did you get kicked in the front, the side, or the front. back? Man. Yeah, I got kicked because my horse, I didn't technically own him, but I took care of him. He, we used to play this game where I'd have a hula hoop and we'd be out in the yeah. arena. He'd be like loose running around and I'd take the hula hoop and I'd spin it. You know how like if you throw it yeah, and you yeah. spin it, it'll like stay on its side for a yeah. second. And he would take his nose and like either hit it out of the air or he'd like hit it to the ground, knock it down. And he loved it. Yeah. yeah. So we were doing that and I trusted this horse completely. Yeah. Well, one day he got a little too excited. We had done this like thousands of times, so many times. Yeah, yeah. And I threw the hula hoop and he knocked it over. He got really excited. So he like ran around the arena and came back and we did it again. And as I bent down to pick it up, he got so excited. He reared up. Yeah. And his hoof came down on my head. Ugh. He didn't stomp my head, but he hit me and knocked me to the ground. Yeah. And I for sure had a concussion, but I told people I didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told people I didn't. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm fine as I'm like looking crooked. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> after horseback riding, what do you get into next? <laughs> so my sports background is very weird. Okay. Nothing's normal um, except for track. That was, I guess, normal. But I did. So I grew up riding horses for like 10 years. Yeah. I taught, I rode, I competed, all that kind of stuff. And then I switched to powerlifting. Okay. Or sorry, I switched to track. So I started up track just because one of my friends was like, you should try it. Like, yeah. You're strong. You should do it. So I did. I threw shot put discus. Uh, I jumped. I did hurdles. What the hell else did I do? I sprinted. I basically did everything except long, long distance and pole vault, and I wanted to do both of those. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and high jump. I didn't do high jump. But um, – you know, and the way I got into powerlifting was from track, like the the shot put and like discus yeah. girls. Those are supposed to be the strong girls, right? Because yeah. the field events. So what we did in the weight room is we'd max out lifting and then we would use that as like our 100 percent. And then we'd like gauge it from there and do like 80 percent lifts this yeah. week, whatever. So when we maxed, I noticed I was stronger than all the girls in the team. And that was my first experience, like ever really lifting, like organized. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Well, that was my sophomore year. My junior year, they offered powerlifting as a gym class. And I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to take that. Especially because the, the coach at the time was a female. Okay. Brittany Conkey. She is still, to this day, one of my favorite coaches I've ever had. Yeah. And. Why? She she broke down barriers that I didn't even realize like existed. Yeah. You know, like being in a male-dominated sport and like, like entering into a male-dominated sport, I have no perception of what, like where lifting can take you. So I came in to powerlifting and I was one of like four girls in the class. So it was like, I was always surrounded by guys and I started noticing I was a lot stronger than all the girls in that, in that class. Then I noticed I was a lot stronger than a lot of the guys. Like I'm over here deadlifting 300 pounds and a lot of them are struggling with 225. Mm. So I asked her, I was like, I want to do something with this. Where can I go? What can I do with it? And she's like, Oh, well I'm doing a powerlifting meet this like, like six, four months from now. You should do it with me. 
and I did it with her. And uh, well, she didn't end up competing that day. She thinks she switched something up, but uh, or got injured or something. But she basically always showed me that there's nothing you can't do, and people are gonna say stay, say stuff. People are gonna talk shit, but like, you're a girl in a in a male dominated sport. There's gonna be people who look down on that, and talking with her and like being under her she always encouraged me to go at it full force and not listen to anybody and listen to what they say because I would have people talk shit about me in the hallway all the time like oh look at her she walks like a guy or look at her she's got guy shoulders hell yeah I do I got better better traps than half the football team yeah like (laughs) and that was she showed me that that's something to be proud of that's not something you should be ever ashamed of or or like nervous about like showing off so I always loved learning under her yeah. Um, but anyway, so from powerlifting, I, uh, <laughs> I went to school for powerlifting. I did this, I, did this, I don't want to say professionally, but basically professionally for like six years. Okay. So I did that. I went to college. I went to McKendree university down in Southern Illinois. Okay. I was on their team for two years. I went there for two years, um, competed, did really well and went all across the country with it. Yeah. Oh, I had a world record at 17 too. So I for did what? For powerlifting. Okay. So like I was had, it a specific mm-hmm. which so one? I, I held squat, deadlift, and total. I don't think I broke the bench record. My bench sucked. Okay. It's better now, but it sucked yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Um, but she it, and it was because of her. She always pushed me. Yeah. Always pushed me to do a bunch of different things. So I had like state world and state national and world records at a young age. That's so, crazy. Yeah. It was really cool to have that encouragement, especially coming from a female. Mm. Because growing up, like it was when I came home and told my dad I was going to do powerlifting, he looked at me and he goes, why? Like, it, was, it wasn't it was something I should be proud of. It was like, what? that's not for girls. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I grew up with my dad. Like, my dad's very traditional. Yeah. So to have that in the house and to have, like, more masculine ten- tendencies from a female being looked down upon, it was very empowering to have that female coach and yeah. to have her push me to keep doing that. But... um yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. And then powerlifting took me across the country, not across the world, unfortunately, but that's what jiu-jitsu is for. Yes. And so when did you transition into jiu-jitsu? So well, another little side story. So I was at McKendree University, and I made fun of the cheerleaders in high school, ended up on the cheer team in college. So I did two years of cheerleading and powerlifting, which do not coincide, <laughs> you would think, yeah. at all. Um, so there was another little sport in there too, but, um, I actually started jujitsu, let's see, 2019, I think. 2019? And do you remember what gym you started out of? 10th Planet Lombard. Wow. Born and raised in that gym. <laughs> so what brought you there? So this is a little bit of a long story. So the short story of how I got into jujitsu was my ex-boyfriend. Okay. The long story was him and I dated, we met through powerlifting, we broke up, he started training jujitsu, we were still really good friends. Yeah. And I talked to him all the time on the phone, even when I was at, at the school down south. And now he's Gordon Ryan. And now, <laughs> now he is the best ever. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy, though. That would be insane. I'd that be so be bad. So awesome. <laughs> so keep going. But <laughs> so he got his blue belt. He quit training. But I told him I was moving back, and he always pushed me to do jujitsu. He's like, yeah. you're athletic. You're strong. He's like, you're going to be ahead of a lot of the girls that already train and compete. Yeah. And... I kind of like listened to him, but I kind of like ignored it. But I had an instance that made me realize, like, you know what? I need some self-defense. Yeah. I was at that school, and I went out of the bar, out of the bars on a weeknight. I was wearing like sweats and a hoodie, 
and I was out with a lot of my guy friends like yeah. that I trust with my life. Like all, a few of them played hockey, and then I, I know I say hockey word. That's my Chicago accent. Yeah, hockey, hockey. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I trust these guys with my life. Yeah. And we go out to the bar, and my last vivid memory that night was somebody getting me a shot and tipping the cup up to my mouth, and I looked down and I saw a pill in there. Mm. Yeah, so I, I got drugged that night. Yeah. Now, luckily, nothing happened, but it was because those guys were there and they took care thank of me. Thank God. And they looked out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thank God. And they, they looked out for me 100%. They, and I asked them, okay, so what happened is I woke up the next day yeah. at 2 p.m., and that I will never wake up, no matter how little sleep I have, any later than nine o'clock. Right. Like my. I don't know how people sleep till two. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> I feel like. I can't do it. I don't yeah, know. I, don't I can't know. do it. I could be on shit. like twenty minutes of sleep. Yeah. And I'm like wide awake. I gotta get up. Right. Yeah. Like the the day's gotta start. So. For me, it was super weird. I woke up, like, my heart was pounding. I just felt, like, so ill, so physically ill. Uh, And at that point, like, I could handle my liquor. I was drinking pretty regularly. I do not drink anymore. Right, exactly. So um, I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't, like, I... I was pinpoint it. Exactly. And I was like, I didn't drink that much. There's no Mm. reason for me to not remember anything. So I wake up on my friend's couch, and like I said, these are some of my best guy friends. I'm still really good friends with them. And I asked him, I'm like, who was I around last night? And I slowly start putting pieces together. And I text one of my friends that I know I went out with that that was with us that night, too. And he's not responding to me. And I'm asking him, like, hey, like, I, I, I blacked out last night. Like, what, what happened? I just want to, like, hear from you, like, who I was around. And he wasn't responding. It took me a week to – I was in denial about it. I Like, that one memory yeah. I had, I was like, that can't be true. There's no way. And I text him a week later. I'm like, hey, I think I was drugged. I don't know why you're not talking to me. Like, I'm sorry if I said or did anything, but I need to know what happened. I need to know who I was around so I can start to figure this out. And he finally talked to me. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. I didn't realize that was what could have happened. He told me I was he he took care of me that night. He was the one that put me into like on the couch, covered me up with blankets. But apparently like when we got back, he carried me up the stairs. I was throwing up. I was like throwing punches. I was kicking. And I apparently like, while he was trying to help me and he was like trying to hold my hair and like help me like lean on the toilet. Yeah. And the whole time I was saying like, stop, you're trying to take advantage of me. Like you're trying to try to assault me. And I was saying that to him. Yeah. He felt so horrible Uh, because he thought that that was coming from me genuinely. Yeah. And I would have never done that. Like, I know that man would have never done anything like that to me. So in his opinion, I was like, or in his eyes, like I was the monster. Right. But once he realized like that somebody had put something in my drink, he, started to realize like oh it's not your fault yeah started to put pieces together but unfortunately it was one of my powerlifting teammates at the time that had done it wow yeah and oh and i had woken up to a text um to text on my phone from that night of of that guy trying to get me to come over to his apartment wow and trying to get me to to come over but uh long so that's the long version of it um but i told my my ex mike who trained jujitsu um I told him about it and he always said he was like, he's like, I know you always thought about it. He's like, now you need to get into training. He's like, your strength helped you out in that situation a little. Cause even though that guy was my friend and taking care of me, I apparently put my foot on his chest and kicked him across the room. Yeah. Um, 
And he even said, he's like, your legs are strong as shit yeah. <laughs> after we were friends again. But, you know, and that would have helped me in that situation if it was a worse situation. But that wouldn't have saved me, you know? Yeah. So now to to have that unfortunate situation happen and have somebody be my voice of reason and be like, you got to do this. I had to do it. Yeah. So um, there were some other situations where I was, you know, in fear for my life that happened, un- unfortunately, as well. And it was just more reassurance to get into the gym and start training. And that's exactly what I did. I remember my first day at jujitsu so vividly because I had texted Omar or I messaged the, the 10th line at Lombard page. And I was like, Hey, I'm a friend of Mike Wilson's. Like he told me I should message you guys, see what time class is and try and come out sometime this week. And he sent me class time. So he's like, yeah, come on by. We'd love to see you. And I come out that week. I get there, I, I walk in, I say hi, I meet him, I shake his hand, and he's like, hey, we're so happy you came out. He's like, uh, but where's Mike? I was like, oh, Mike's not coming, because my ex-boyfriend had yeah. quit after he got his blue belt. And he's like, oh. He's like, I don't want to offend you or anything. He's like, but girls usually don't show up on their own. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think from that day forward, he was like, oh, this girl's serious about it. Yeah. And here we are four years later, right? Yeah. This is my fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> this sport is my life. That's crazy. So how did that first, how did that first, uh, day go? Um, I just remember like it was me and a bunch of guys that were sweating on me. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to clip that part. (laughs) And it was like, to me, it was cool because I always wanted to wrestle. I always wanted to do all these things. And it wasn't weird for me because I came from a male-dominated sport. So to be the only girl in the room, it wasn't weird for me. It wasn't, like, new to you. Yeah, but it it can be for other people. Oh, and uh, when I first met Omar, he told me after I told him Mike wasn't coming, he's like, well, I want you to know, like, this is a male-dominated sport, and there are some weird positions that may make you uncomfortable. He goes, but if anybody ever makes you uncomfortable as ever says anything or does anything, he goes, you tell me, and it will be handled. Yeah. And that makes you feel good, though. Absolutely. Omar's such a good dude. He really is. He so is such like a great guy. Yeah. He's such like I don't want to say ally because I feel like that's yeah. an overused term. But, you know, he looks out for people. Yeah, he does. And he always makes sure everybody's comfortable and everybody's yes. happy and that the gym is. I just hope I, I tap him out before age does. Really. <laughs> before like he is, before he hits be, 45, before he's like way too old. It's not cool anymore. <laughs> It's like, oh, you just tapped out a 50-year-old? Yeah, okay, it's great not for even you, Tristan. Be cool. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so freaking good, dude. Yeah, he he's is. so freaking good. It was such skinny legs, but he'll choke the shit out you with Yeah, him. like so oh, deceiving God, with right? how like his leg strength so deceit because it wouldn't you'd be like, oh, the, his legs aren't strong. They're like, oh shit. Right. It makes me so mad. So fucking mad. When he right? gets me in a triangle. Triangle, twister, yep. all of them. He with that lockdown. Right? God, I was so mad. I remember being stuck in uh, your truck and thinking like, oh, this girl might twister me. I was close. You were close. I was close. You were close. I was, if I didn't have a little bit of extra little man strength. Little man strength? Yeah. Uh, remember when you said you were 6'5 on this? Do you want to tell the ladies that might be listening? <laughs> may not be true. Yeah, it's not corresponding. The facts aren't lining up now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm referencing in my heart. In your heart. So, but, but so four years of training. How 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 much have you competed? What have been some of the highlights of jujitsu for you? <laughs> if I had I, if I had to put a number on the times I've competed, matches I've had well over fifty. I'd say anywhere yeah. from fifty to seventy five matches. I have competed so much over the course of four years. Yeah. Um, there was a year where I basically did it 
like every weekend. I was yeah. competing every weekend. I was traveling every other weekend. I was always out of town. I was always doing something because it was fresh out of COVID. Yeah. And things started opening up and I was like, fuck yeah. Like I had gotten my blue belt after my second tournament ever. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? That's a good one. So my, I'd say like personal accomplishment where I just like, it felt so good to mm -hmm. make it happen is my second tournament ever. Like I said, it was fresh out of COVID. I, so I competed once. The first time at White Belt, I had ran through the bracket. I submitted, I had three submissions, and then I won another one by points. Yeah. So I had a gold medal there. And then the next tournament I did, I was just hungry. I was like, hey, Omar, can I do the intermediate division? Because a bunch of us were training over COVID. Like, yeah. There was, I mean, a lot of us didn't have jobs, so we had nothing but time to train. Yeah. So a lot of us just did it every day, twice a day sometimes. Yeah. So... I asked him, I was like, hey, is it okay if I compete in the intermediate division? He goes, fuck it. So like, go ahead. So I do. And the brackets get released. And he takes a look at them and he tells me at training like that week, he's like, hey, uh, did you see the girl that got merged into your bracket? And I'm like, no. He goes, uh, that girl is like a world champion in gi, no gi, white, blue. Like, she's really good. She was a girl from Pedigo. Okay. And I was like, oh, great. Awesome. Can't wait. I got super nervous. And the exact bracket gets released, so I see who I'm up against first. Well, I have that girl first round. So I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I had never been so nervous in my life competing. And I competed, like, basically from the time I was, like, nine years old uh, till now. Yeah. So I've been an athlete for a really long time. So nerves usually aren't an issue. They were sure as shit that day. Yeah. So... I get there and I'm warming up and I just see this girl and she looks like she knows what she's doing. She looks like she could fuck me up in her sleep. Mm. And Omar sees that I'm nervous and sees like that like terror look on my face and he comes up and he goes, FTB. Hey, what does that mean? He goes, fuck that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I start laughing and I was like, all right, now the nerves shook off a yeah. little. But I start that match and I'm just like, what's the worst that could happen? This girl can tap me. Sure. Yeah. I end up knee barring her. It, my second tournament ever, I beat the girl that's like a world champ, multi-time world champ at everything. She wins literally every tournament. Yeah. I have never seen Omar so happy before as I did that day. Yeah. I went over, I hugged him. We had like that coach athlete moment. And yeah. he's like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up getting my blue belt shortly after that. I won that division and then I won the absolute bracket that day too against a girl who was like well over 100 pounds heavier than me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I got stuck on bottom for a hot minute. I hate being on bottom. Yes. Oh, especially with, real heavy. with those, he yeah, with those yeah. heavy guys. And I just remember like being like mentally losing it and like mentally like, you know where you start to get choked out or you start to lose yeah. air to the point where it starts to like your vision starts to like come all the way in and yeah. to a focus point. I got to that point and I was getting ready to tap and Omar's like, hey, breathe. I start breathing. It all comes back. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I get out, I get on top, I get some points and then I end up winning. But, yeah. um, and I'd say that was probably like mentally the highlight. I've had some really good competitions lately, but I would say another highlight. I took second at American nationals. I took third at pans. I got my arm exploded in the process, but that was a good one. Um, finishers, 135 purple brown black division it was i think 2021 yeah because i was i was cutting from 150 to 135 like every week yeah i was making that cut like crazy i was cutting 15 pounds every single time horrible for your body by the way yeah absolutely horrible like once in a while is fine yeah yeah every other week or every week not a great idea no. <laughs> don't do it um learn my lesson but 
I traveled out to the East, East Coast to Tenth Planet Bethlehem. And, well, I was originally supposed to have a match on Emerald City. That's Renee so, out there, right? Yeah, Renee's out of Tenth Planet yeah. Bethlehem. Shout out Renee. Hell yeah. He's a cool dude. He's yeah. a sweetheart. So I was supposed to have a match on Emerald City. And my opponent pulls out like three days before. I have my flight booked. I have the rental car booked. I have everything. And I'm like, well, shit, what do I do now? So I tell the promoter, I'm like, I, I have everything booked. I can't cancel it. It's like, I won't get refunded. And I'm oh, broke jujitsu girl. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? He offers to pay for my hotel and he pays for my entry into the finishers open. Okay. So, and I tell him, I'm like, hey, there's nobody in the, the white blue division. And I was like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go, I'll go the purple, brown, black division. I don't give a shit. So I do. And I get there and there's these girls, these East Coast girls, the girls on the East Coast, the West Coast, and in Texas, that is where jujitsu is the steepest. Like across men, oh, women, weight classes, doesn't matter. The, everybody's out there. Yeah. So I'm just a Midwest girl coming where I barely get w- rolls in with women, going out to the East Coast, jumping into this upper belt division as a fresh blue belt. I end up winning it. I end up, yeah. So I ended up winning that division and end up leg locking two or three girls. I forget how many. But for me, like to come away with these wins over these girls that have been training like twice as long as I have, who are way more skilled and have way more reason to win it. Like, I think that got my name out there on the East Coast. And like, I still have a ton of friends out there and everything. But there are still people that bring it up to me. They're like, hey, you you beat this girl. I didn't know that. Like, or hey, remember when you beat that girl? That was fucking awesome. Yeah, because most of those girls in that division are brown belts now. But yeah, I'm tapped that's in insane. Like fresh blue. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. So I had some good wins. What are some of your favorite, uh, I guess, submissions? <laughs> Twister, of course, as you yes. almost experienced. Almost. I'll get you with it one of these days. Don't Probably. Worry. Don't worry. <laughs> but I would say Twister's my number one. I love hitting that in the gym. I haven't hit in competition yet. Yeah. Honestly, like, I've had opportunities to, and I always, like, I'm too nice when I compete and when I roll. Yeah. Like, I competed this weekend, and I competed against one of the girls that I was friends with. Yeah. And I had it, like, set up, and I had, like, my twister hook, and I had the arm across my chest, and I could just put it behind my head. I chose not to because it was like, don't be a dick. And I was like, damn, I should have hit that twister, though. Yeah, you should have just hit that I should have just hit that twister for the highlight. It doesn't hurt that bad. Exactly. Like, you tap if it hurts. Yeah. I mean, you break your shit if you forget to. What's breaking in a twister? Your spine? spine. Well, you could dislocate vertebrae. You could torque a lot of different things. You could strain, like, your trap. You can do so many different things. Yeah, that's shit. Just depends on where on the the hide you're grabbing, whether you have, like, uh, S grip over the crown or whether you have, like, a gable grip around the ear. Yeah. It's there's so many different factors in what you can injure in a spine crank. Yeah. So, naturally, that's one of my favorites. Um, I am also kind of known for getting knee bars from everywhere. Yeah, you say you, you are. I feel like you get some get mm-hmm. these knee bars. I would say a good... I'm surprised you have a knee bar me. Because I leave my you legs You want to roll after this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she would love to see me get my ass kicked by a girl. Hell yeah, let's do it. So... <laughs> Only if she rolls with you, too. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, she choked the shit out of I'll you. I'll be nice to you. It's okay. I'm going to have her twist to you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody slides me five dollars. Be like, I'll be nice to her. Twister. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'd say like I literally have a metal like um, a metal rack that I got custom made that says mostly knee bars because I would say seventy five percent of my submission wins are via knee bar. Like, and how do you enter into the knee bar? Like what's anywhere, your, it doesn't anywhere? matter. Yeah. <laughs> I do a lot off Z guard, so. I'll do Z guard, and then when people pressure in, I'll usually pressure back. 
And if they start to lift their chest, that's when I throw um, that, yeah, that top leg over and I invert. And if mm. they if they spin with me, then he'll hook. But if they don't spin with me, I'm taking that knee home. Mm. So it just, I mean, it just depends. Like if somebody's on my back, I'll take their knee home. Like yeah. <laughs> I'll show them how, how they should be uh, watching their feet, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. What about, do you remember the first time you like tapped out a dude? The first time, no. I remember it was a great feeling. Yeah. But I remember my ex told me, he's like, hey, like if you tap somebody out, don't celebrate. You'll look like a dick. And I was like, okay, cool. So I never did. But I have like mentally like a list where I'm like, I tapped out that guy, that guy, that guy. That was awesome. (laughs) I couldn't imagine. I've definitely been tapped out by, uh, I think, I think Danya tapped me out. Yeah. I don't know if any other girls have tapped me out. What'd she get you with? A toe hold. You gotta, gotta protect your legs. Gotta protect, gotta your, protect your legs. Gotta protect the feet. So that's that's the thing. Girls are really good at finishing toe holds. Some guys are too. Yeah. But like I feel like girls are way better at toe holds because if you can toe hold a girl, you can toe hold just about anybody. Yeah, because girls will eat the toe holds. I was just gonna say I'll eat a toe hold all day. Yeah. Especially like the one of the few people that tap me out with toe holds, Sam Hall. She gets me with it constantly. <laughs> Is she the new girl at the at the gym? So she's brown belt. Yeah, the brown belt. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. But that training the gi mainly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She fucks me up with toe She dove down onto my uh, legs the other day, and I thought she was going to get a knee bar. Yeah. Similar to that position. But I ended up just sitting through it. Yeah? Yeah, but uh, I she, thought she was going to get it. I was like... She didn't go for a toe hold on you? I'm surprised not. Now you're that lucky. you're saying... Yeah, I'm like... You're lucky. She didn't go for a toe hold on me because it was definitely available. Mm-hmm. Um, that's... We were joking around because uh, Hosher posted a, a video. I think it's 411. I think 411, it's 11, yeah. And uh, she was in a similar situation there, and she was like, hey, we inspired this. You know, so I, I, I have yeah. no idea. I, I know I didn't get tapped, that's all. So this time. <laughs> it was, it was, Go with her again, see if you like I know, it was, a, uh-huh. it was a victory for me. I was like, all right, thank God she didn't tap me off. She's so good. Yeah, she's fire. Hell yeah. Yeah, she's she fire. She fucks me up. What about, so what are some uh, individuals you look up to in the sport, just in general? So, so many. All right, well, it's a good thing you're sitting down because I got a long list. So obviously Omar. Yeah. Like, Omar, let me just talk Midwest finishers for a second. So I'll never shut up about this, but this past event, it was a women's 3v3, which you don't see very often. You're starting to see more of now. But I like to think of Midwest finishers, like, we do one thing, and then you see, like, 12 other promotions do it. And it's like, oh, we just did that, like, the first of this year. Nobody was doing it. Yeah. And now all these promotions are like, that's a great idea. Everyone's doing women's 3v3 now. Exactly. So it was, number one, the biggest women's team event you've ever seen. Like it was the biggest, it was the most stacked and it was for the most money. So we had 24 competitors because we had eight teams Yeah, and we had world like renowned, like world champions, ADCCC. Cyborg's wife or ex-wife. Oh yeah. 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 What, what's, what's her name? Maggie Maggie? Grandotti. She's like world renowned Mm -hmm. champion. I told her she got to get on the podcast next time she's out here. She said she's down. She was in town this weekend. So I, I, I saw that at the last minute. I DM'd oh. her at the last minute. She's like, I'm actually leaving. I'm like, actually, great. Actually, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So. Yeah, she's really good. She's tough. And she's that, black belt. that Claire girl? Claire North. She's. I told one, her to get on the podcast, too. Dude, I love Claire. So she's one I look up to a ton. Yeah. She's a pharmacist, like a full time pharmacist. Yeah. And like her, and I believe it's her husband. Yep. Um, own Tipping Point BJJ, mm-hmm. from what I understand. And are both incredible athletes. Like, yeah. hearing him coach them, like, their whole team, yeah. 
fantastic. I was yeah. I wanted to take notes myself. Like yeah, yeah. what he was saying, I was like, that is exactly what athletes need to hear when they're rolling. Like yeah. he kept them calm, he kept them collected, and told them where to go. And but Claire's one I look up to. She is multi-time world champion, from what I know. Um, she's a Medusa champ. Are you familiar with Medusa? No. So there's EBI, you know EBI? Yes. Female version, Medusa. Oh, wow. Both run by Eddie Bravo and uh, Victor Davila. Okay. So she is the... Same rule set as EBI? So Medusa's heading more towards only CJJ. It's women's CJJ. Okay. Um, but they were doing some EBI brackets and some CJJ. And she, um, I believe, won the EBI one, Bantamweight 135. But she's fucking incredible. Like, yeah. I remember my first time seeing her was um, last year. It, I think was a women's 145. And I'm like intently watching this match. Like, I know who she is. And I'd never seen her roll in person. Yeah. And, and I was in that bracket, too. I had lost, I think, second round. But Omar came over to me, and he's like, hey. He goes, you roll like her. And it was the biggest compliment yeah. I've ever heard in my life. I like felt so so proud after he told me that. Yeah. And we kind of look alike too. She's blonde too. Yeah, yeah. She's blonde and got big shoulders. Yeah. Um, but Claire's a big, big influence. Um, I would say, oh gosh, this is so hard. Lauren Sears. I talk about her. I recently did a private with her. I'm yeah. a big fan of her. I always have been. She weighs like 120 pounds. But she doesn't give a fuck. Like, she will go against anybody. She'll train with anybody. She's so tough. She's so well-rounded. The One of the first times I, like, saw her compete and I was, like, following her, she did high rollers, absolute division. I want to say it was an absolute division or, like, some sort of team event or something. But she competed against a girl who's, like, in between, like, 180 and 220. Yeah. Lauren weighs 120. Yeah, it's insane. So to see her go up against this girl and, like – the way the best way I could describe her is a thug because, like I said, she doesn't give a shit. She will go against anybody and she'll go hard. Mm-hmm. So to see that was like really encouraging to me. It's like, oh yeah, like you can go up against those black belts as whatever belt or those brown belts as like a white belt, blue belt, purple belt, and just go at it. Like that's when you're going to get the best experiences. Like for me, at least, like I've had the best matches when I have no business taking it. <laughs> when yeah. I have no business like competing against these top level girls. Like I, on the women's 3v3, so I ended up being a last minute replacement for um, on Melanie Iverson and Natalie Ferris's team. Now, do they train at Seraphin? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, both are at Seraphin. I went down there to train once. Yeah? You yeah, should yeah. go again. I love training with yeah. them. Yeah, so I, Chris told me to go down there. Yeah. And I had got Jeff on the podcast too. He was on here originally. Hell and yeah. uh, I picked the one day like out of the year he said that he does like <sighs> combat training or something. So it, we still got rolls in at the end and I rolled with this. Yeah. Really good purple or brown belt that he had. Chris wasn't there, and uh, he had this really good. I forget what his name was, but he's like was he for kind of stockier white dude. Oleg could have been, but he was like I think he had a wrestling base, but he was an older dude, like forties probably. Scott. Scott. Yes. Scott. And he was he smashed me. Yep. That dude was, <laughs> he was nice. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like he was. He, he was definitely really nice. But I went down there. It was a phenomenal time training. Yeah. I actually got to roll with Jeff, too. I tried to play rubber guard on him, and then how I found that? out he plays rubber guard himself. Mm-hmm. So I was just going to ask how that went. Yeah, it didn't work out. Did he calf slice you at all? You know what? I think he did calf slice uh-huh. me. You know what I mean? I think he calf sliced me and then showed me some different variations in regards to how they uh, defend leg attacks. Hell, yeah. So I like They're it. so smart with yeah. legs. Like, Chris is working on, uh, I'm not going to give away anything because I know he wants to put, give it uh, away. put some stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> Can you release it after, do you release yeah. the podcast after he releases his stuff? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's working on some different saddle stuff. So yeah. Honey Hole is a stunt plan, people call it. Yeah. Um, and he's working on some finishes with some cool names. So 
We'll, uh, we'll see go. hopefully some of that soon. Chris, Chris works on some great stuff. Yeah. And I will say uh, he likes to test it out on female blue belts, which I'm not entirely happy about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, this works. Yep. Close the view hook. Yeah, exactly. But he's one of my best friends. Yeah. Love Chris. He fucks me up all the time. Yeah. But it's always the biggest compliment. He recently told me my leg lock, my leg lock defense was like way better than it has been. Yeah. And I felt like so accomplished after he heel hooked me like ten times just yeah. because he said that. It's like Let's oh. Go. It could, it was ten instead of twenty. Yeah, yeah. Like that's 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 where my head was. I was like, okay, we're making progress. Yeah. Let's but, go. Yeah. What were we talking about? I segue. Uh, you're the people you look up to the most in the jujitsu realm. Like, yeah. Who inspires you? Who's the yes. coolest? Who's the best? Like famous people, all that. Oh shit. I look up to a lot of people I compete against. Yeah. Let me, oh, this one. Let me throw this one out there. Olivia B's cow. So she's a great friend of mine. I competed against her, I think we were both blue belts at the time. Okay. Um, I competed against her twice. And I believe I won both matches that we've had. We might have run into run each other three times, but I think I've won all of our matches. Granted, I'm significantly heavier than she is. At least I am now. Um, but she's a thug, dude. Like, she, she's an MMA fighter. She's a nurse. She's a mom. And, yeah, she does so much shit. She, I don't, what's the word? Like, a homesteader? Like, they have pigs, horses. I think they have cows, yeah. chickens. She grows her own stuff wow. like, all year round. Like, she is so cool. Yeah. And she's just the nicest person. Like, and to her, it doesn't matter. And I think, you know, I, I've learned a lot of how I treat my competition because of her. Yeah. Because she set the example. It didn't matter to her that we were competing against each other in like 10, min 10 minutes. She would come and get me. Like, because I think I was somewhere else in the, the venue and the times were lagging on my phone. Mm. So she was like, hey, by the way, like our match is in 10 minutes. I just want to make sure that you know, because I, I see you over here instead of over by the mat. I was like, oh, shit, thank you so much. Like, and she was so kind before, yeah. after. And like, we tried to kill each other on the mat, don't get me wrong, but she yeah. was always so kind to me. And that set the precedent for me of how I treat other people. Yeah. Like, for example, this weekend I competed out in Flint, Michigan. I did um, submission, submission series jiu-jitsu. I did their women's absolute advanced bracket tournament or advanced bracket. Um, and I ended up winning. But I coached, like, two or three other girls in that bracket. Like, girls that I was going to compete against, like, the next match. I was coaching yeah. them in their prior matches. So I think I learned a lot about treating people like that from other competition I had. Like, Olivia was great. Um, I'm trying to think of other girls I've competed against. Nicole Matthews, a big influence. I think she's yeah. fantastic. Rosa Walsh is incredible and hilarious. If you ever get the chance to meet her, she's one of the funniest people I've ever met in jiu-jitsu. Beatrice Jin, too. She is so funny. These yeah. are, like, every girl I just listed is, like, the nicest and the funniest person. Janine, um, Janine McIver, she's from Canada. She's a black belt. She is hilarious, too. And they're all like thugs on the mat. Like yeah. that's it's yeah, you gotta the be, coolest thing, you gotta right? Be black belt. Exactly. Like Janine, I know would whip my ass six different ways. Yeah. Like she'd do it blindfolded. Yeah. And she's like twenty pounds lighter than me. But I would say there's so many great women in jujitsu to follow, yeah. to learn from, and to like be inspired by. Mm -hmm. Like these women really do take the sport seriously and they elevate the sport and they look for other opportunities to keep pushing for other women. Yeah. So and I've talked to Janine about it too. Like there are very few promotions that put on equal men's and women's brackets. Yeah. Midwest Finishers does every single time. You know, we have, we did our men's 3v3. We just did our women's 3v3. Like every single show, it's not just like we do a men's tournament and then we do a men's and a women's. We do a men's tournament and then we do a men's and women's. No, like it's men's and women's every single time. Yeah. Which is so cool to see. Yeah, it is. And it really pushes, like 
And I'll say this too, like there are fewer women in the sport, but that doesn't mean we can't fill a 16 woman bracket as easy, easily as we can fill a men's. Yeah. We can do it. We've done it time and time again. So the biggest difference like that a lot of promotions don't take the initiative for is they don't take the initiative to recruit. Mm. They don't take the, the time to send out messages to female competitors at that weight. Yeah. We do. I do it. I'm always telling people about it. I'm always pushing for more women on the show and to see those like high level competitors come out and essentially beat the shit out of each yeah, other on our home mats, you know, like, yeah. and that to me is the coolest part of what we put on yeah. in at Lombard. But I don't remember the original question. No. We segued so much. No, 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 no it's fire. <laughs> I want to go into that viral video that you have that goes out with Kamoy, right? Is that how you oh, say his name? Oh, that one? Yeah, that's Kamoy, Kamoy Anderson. Did he twister you in that or? So there's a few of them. So the most viral one, um, he ankle picked me. And then he tried to jump into a triangle and I slipped out. Yeah. And I like wagged my finger like, nope, yes. not today. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so that one got over 2 million views on TikTok alone. And I think over a million on Instagram yeah. too. And then there's another one he put out like a few days ago where he twisted me. Yes. <laughs> that one. We went back and forth. Like I almost got out a few times, but 100 like 90 pound man. Yeah. He he got me. He got yeah. me fair and square. But and he's a black I belt or a brown belt? Brown belt. Brown belt. Brown belt. Top of Austin. Now he was at Tenth Planet El Paso, I believe. Yeah, moved up to Austin. Mm-hmm. So who's the who's like the gym owner runner of Austin? I want to say it's Curtis Hembroff. Okay, but I'm confused because I don't think Curtis is living there anymore. Um, Gabe Tuttle is one of the hot honchos there. I know okay. that. Um, uh, ben Eddy is there now. He's a black belt. There's a ton of black and brown belts out of there. A yeah. ton. Jacob Norton's one of their teachers. Lauren Sears is one of their teachers. Wow. So they Kamoy. got a big operation. They when do. I went down there, I was only training at the, the I did the New Wave and the New Wave open mat. Oh, but God. I should have done the 10th Planet open I mat. I was just going to say, it is like. The 10th Planet open mat looks way it's funner. It's so cool. Their, their facility's huge. Yeah. It is huge. Like twice Does B Team run an open mat? They do? I'm pretty sure they do. Did you train? Did you ever train there? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm actually going there. I leave Sunday to yeah. the BT. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. So they, I believe they do an open mat. Um, I don't know if there's a drop-in fee for open mat. I know for classes it's fifty dollars. Yeah, that's what for it was class. in the wave. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you're getting world class instruction. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and it's great. Like, it's still personalized too. The guys will come around to help you. Yeah. Like, I got well. I was there. I got to learn from um, Nikki Ryan. Ethan Carlinson's hot, and I think I learned from somebody else, too. I got to see a little bit of Craig's class, but I had to come late that day because yeah. I couldn't get my Uber there in time. Yeah, yeah. She held me hostage talking about religion in the car. Yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. So, you know, as we start to wrap up, I'm just curious in regard mm-hmm. to who do you think is the best in jiu-jitsu pound for pound right now? Women or men? Both. So I'm going to go women first. I'm torn, and this actually, I believe, goes down this weekend. Um, Fionn Davies and Amy Campbell. Did she, were either of them ADCC champions? Both of them were. Which one was the ADCC absolute champion? There's no absolute for women. Why is there no absolute? Because uh, I'm going to be nice about this. Um, women aren't valued to the degree men are in that sport. Like, what is, let me ask you this what does ADCC stand for? Uh, 
Oh, Abu Dhabi Combat Club. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Where's Abu Dhabi? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So Predominantly. So it's honestly yeah. even just like a blessing that women, or there's even like a category for the for the women to compete there. Mm-hmm. But now that it's it's becoming such a bigger thing, like, yeah. and let me let me break down this too. Ooh, sorry, as I punched the microphone on accident. So let me break down this too. So men have, let's see, what is it? 66, 77, 88, 99, and under, and then 99 plus. So there's yeah. five weight classes for men, right? I could be wrong. I think there might be another one. I don't think there is. I think that's five. Do you know how many women have? Three. Two. There's. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this before I tell you what they are, too. Where do you think women's jujitsu is the steepest? Uh, here. <laughs> Sorry, not location wise, weight wise. Where do you, what weight would you say is like the, you think would be the most populated in women's jujitsu? 150 pounds? I would say 150 and 135. Like 125 to 135, yeah. super steep. And then 145 to 155, super steep. 170 and up gets a little rocky, but it's there. And yeah. especially now, it's getting more popular. Yeah. So all of those are stacked. But that's where you see that the most is 125 to 135 and then 145 to 155. Yeah. But if you take a 125er against a 155er, you're going to pick the 155er almost every time, right? Yeah. So women's weight classes in ADCC, you have under 60 kilos and over 60 kilos. Do you know kilos? A little bit. It's basically what? like two pounds. 132 and under and 132 and over. So now you're taking a 132-pound girl, and she has to go against girls that are possibly 200-plus pounds. Yeah. How is that fair? Not. Exactly. So it's not fair. It's not fair at all. That was like watching that one girl. What was her name? Gab- was it Gabby? Gabby Garcia. Yeah, because the girl she the girl that beat her was definitely looked significantly smaller than Amy her. Amy Campbell. That's Amy Campbell? Mm-hmm. Okay. Amy Campbell was the one that won the 60 kilos, 60 plus kilos okay. division. She won it. What school is she out of? Zenith. And uh, she's Robert Drysdale. So I believe she's out of Vegas. I'm almost positive she's out of that school. Exactly. And she's competing against the girl that won 60 below? So Fionn Davies won... 60 below. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yes. Vian Davies and then uh, Brianna St. Marie came in second. Okay. They're in the same tournament this weekend. So now, because ADCC didn't have a women's absolute division, Pol- I believe it's Polaris. Yeah, I'm almost positive it is. Is putting on a women's absolute division with those girls. Oh, so God. you see Maggie Grandotti, Vian Davies, Amy Campo. Who's going to win it all? Elizabeth Clay. Uh, that's so hard. That is so hard for me to answer. So there's not like a Gordon of women's jiu jitsu right now. So that's hard to answer because they're, you don't see them go against each other. Yeah. Like the men do because yeah. they have more opportunities to compete. Yeah. And that's another thing. That's another soapbox. But because they're doing this, now we get our answer. Now we get our women's absolute yeah. division because we have those girls that kick ass at 135 yeah. and we have those girls that kick ass. At Will this be on flow? I don't, like, don't see any marketing for this. I don't think so. I think it's pay-per-view. I, I'm pretty sure it's not on flow. Yeah, I'm like curious. Yeah, it's going to be a killer event, though. And there's plenty of other matches on there. I, I've i just been focused on the women's because... Yeah, nobody else has. No, exactly. Yeah. I like to stay very up-to-date with women's jiu-jitsu, especially. Yes. But if I had to pick, I'm going to pick Fionn, and this is why. Fionn is a thug no matter what. She doesn't play a small girl's game. She doesn't play a big girl's game. She plays her game. So you compare that to a girl that might just play a big girl's game, you're going to see those discrepancies there, right? So let's say, like, we have small girls at the gym. Their game's different than mine. My game could be a little more smash-heavy. Sam Hall. Let's think, like, Sam Hall and, like, Crystal, Crystal or Zena. Crystal or Zena, they're both around 100 pounds. Sam Hall's 170. Do you think they have the same style of jiu-jitsu? No. 
Exactly. So now this absolute division makes it so much more interesting. In- interesting. So I don't know. I'm going to pick Vian because I've seen her go against, let's see. So Amy B. Amy Campo beat Gabby Garcia. Fion has beat Paige uh, Ivette. I don't know her last name. Um, I just know she usually goes by Paige Ivette. That might even be her last name, um, who is like a 170 pounder, I think. Uh, 155 to 170, somewhere in between there. Uh, that girl's a thug. She's really good. Fion is a 135er who beat her. And like it was a tough match. And then Fion also went against um, Kendall Rusing. She lost to Kendall, but. She gave her a tough match. Fionn is hard to tap regardless of size. Like, honestly, I think if Fionn went against Gabby Garcia, she'd win. Because Gabby's jiu-jitsu isn't all-inclusive. It's just a big girl's game. And she can basically get out of anything, except for Amanda Leaves' rear naked choke. Did you ever see that video? Yeah. Gabby Garcia getting yeah, tapped? Yeah, choked the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that match actually went to decision. I don't believe Amanda Leaf uh, submitted her just because Gabby Garcia's neck is probably the size of my entire waist. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go Fionn for sure on that one. Did you see Jasmine Rocha just beat, what was that girl? Amanda Bruce? Yeah. Yeah, they were that supposed to. That was a good match. It was a great match. That was like really they, entertaining. They were supposed to be both in Midwest Finishers team event. I replaced Amanda. Jasmine yeah. was in it. Jasmine was in it, yeah. yeah. And they were supposed to be on opposite sides of the bracket because Omar and I sat down into the bracketing and wow. I was like, well, they've got this coming up and yeah. this person's faced each other. And Amanda pulled out due to illness a few days before that. Yeah. And I'm friends with Mel and, and Natalie. And I told them, I was like, I'm competing Friday night. I, like I left Thursday for Toledo, went to Toledo, then went for a Friday. I left Toledo to go to Columbus, yeah. competed in Columbus. Didn't leave until, like, late as shit at night. I get home Friday night, Saturday morning at, like, 3 a.m., and then I have to compete at Midwest Finishers, like, six hours later. Yeah, <laughs> so insane. It was, it was crazy. I had a great time. But um, they hit me up to be their last-minute replacement, and uh-huh. I told them, I was like, usually I try not to get in on the bracket. I'm there if you need me, but try not to need me. Uh-huh. Well, they needed me, and I'm so glad I was able to jump in yeah. because I had time of my fucking life i had one of the best best matches i've ever had against um a ranked like grappler she's a brown belt yeah um she actually used to train under danaher um yeah she's a henzo gracie girl um i think she still is she was under him in new york and then i forget where she's out of now she might still be out there um but peyton letcher she is incredible like she i guarantee you if she's not at the top of the podium at adcc trials this coming year She's going to be on the podium regardless. Yeah. She is a great, great grappler. Super exciting. But um, I'm very fortunate to have had a match against her. Yeah. And I had my fair share of attacks on her, but she ended yeah. up submitting me. Who do you think is men's pound for pound? Oh, sorry. Okay, I segue a lot. Um, no, you're good. I mean, I'd be dumb to say anybody but Gordon because of all the wins he's had, you know. But yeah. his recent performances haven't been looking his best. Yeah. But, I mean, as we know, he's been dealing with some um, gastrointestinal issues. Yeah. So can you expect somebody that's on that much sauce to have the best? <laughs> like He's Maddie. Yeah. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> who, who would dethrone him? Oh, God. Okay. I don't have a good answer for that. I really don't. Like... Part of me wants to say Nikki Rod just for the sake of saying it. If you ran that b- match back, if you had 10 different matches 
where they faced each other 10 different times in the span of a week, I do think Nikki can submit him. But more than 50% of the time? Like, what what are we measuring as a victory? You know what I mean? Because if we're going to run it out of 10 times, you know what I mean? What, yeah. What is it? Like, like if I had to pick a percentage? Yeah, but it's like five, six out of, like, what? I'd say four out of 10 times he would get him. Yeah, well, that means Gordon's still the GOAT then. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But if I had to pick somebody that could or had the possibility to, I would pick Nikki. Other than that, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I yeah. cannot pick anyone. I'm going to have to step up. Yeah, it's going to have to be you. Yeah, I'm going to have mm -hmm. to step up. Well, you're 6'5", so yeah. you're, you're a little taller than Gordon. Yeah, I'm going to mm -hmm. have to start smashing him. <laughs> yeah, his little, that, the fucking jujitsu giant, I think is, I can't think of his name. Dan Monasu. He looks like a, a little uglier version of Gordon, but like he is massive. <laughs> like a, a Walmart brand Gordon? Yeah, Walmart Gordon. The and up and up brand of Gordon. The last match I watched him do, he smother choked this dude so fucking quick. And I can't even imagine the amount of immense pressure and yeah. just strength, 250, yeah. 60 pounds, just Huge. cranking up on the back, like just like a butterfly grip on the back of your right. neck. Just, oh my just God, bro. Absolutely. Like making your head want to pop off. Oh my God. Right? Dude. He's yes. enormous. And Insane. Oh God, I can't imagine. Um, I was going to say something about that. Another guy to look out for from that school is going to be, um, I think his name is. Davis, a Sarah, or something, something of the sort. Yeah, he's really good. What about that fifteen-year-old girl that uh, Dana Hare just? Oh, uh, Helena like Craver. Craver. Yeah, apparently she's Straight. a killer. She is. Yeah, nobody's beaten her except for Rosa Walsh at uh, lately, except for Rosa Walsh at um, ADCC Open. So does she compete in adult? Mm -hmm. So she'll probably this next ADCC. She'll probably do We're something see special. Her. We are absolutely. And what see her. what what is she? She probably looks like what one thirty five. She's one forty five. One forty five. But I think she walks one forty five. I don't think she cuts at all. Yeah. That girl's a thug. She's good. Yeah. She recently beat one of my friends from B team, um, but it was a close matchup. Yeah. Um, I forget if it went to decision or if it was a, a submission, but it was it was a tough match. Yeah. They had a really good time on combat sports coverage. Um. I will say though, like I would love to see her and Rosa run that back because Rosa's fantastic. She's a brown belt. Yeah. She's pedagogue girl. Um, she's from Ireland. She's back. She's going country to country right now. I think she's probably flying as we're speaking, but um, she's traveling all over the world. I think she's coming back this summer to Illinois. Um, I really hope I get to train with her again. Her and I actually had a match on Midwest Finishers a year ago. I think it was in the spring or in the fall. Yeah. It was the 145 division. Does she speak like McGregor? She just come on the match. She's like, you'll do nothing. <laughs> the accents there, the shit talking, only if you know her well. Yeah. Like, she'll shit talk you all day. I have heard her, <laughs> like, yeah. put people in their place yeah. when they get out of line. She's hilarious. Yeah. She's one of the funniest people in jiu-jitsu. I will say that time and time again. That's great. So, man, but her shit talking, I don't know, like, yeah. You gotta know her first, for sure. I love, I'll shit talk anybody though. I love Craig shit talking. I think the most. Oh my god. Craig Jones is shit talking. is probably the best. He's so fucking out of funny. the jujitsu community. Next to Omar. Next, <laughs> Omar talks some mad smack. Yeah, he's so hilarious. Man, when he gets going, he like yeah. he'll make white belts fight each other. Like, yeah. Not make them, but he'll like be like, oh shit. Yeah, start recording <laughs> everything. He's such an asshole. <laughs> I'm one of those white belts, but so <laughs> let's as we wrap up. What's your favorite movie? Oh, this is a hard question. I love the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Book was better. Movie's great, though. Um, What's your favorite book? The Things They Carried. What was that by? So oh, I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, but it was basically a war book. It was okay. about war, and it was about 
this platoon of soldiers and yeah. the things they carried. Wow. And as they died, like they would take note of like the yeah. things they, they had with yeah. them and sent back to their families. It was a really interesting book. I read it in high school and I still like that is still my concrete answer on book because I don't read anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm bl- uh, the, the blonder I get, the less I read. Uh, um, but I would say favorite movie, if I had to pick one, I'm going to throw it back to one of my all-time favorites. I'm going to go Benchwarmers. Oh, uh, okay. So like, Is that the one where he's like, I'm 12? Uh, with the green I'm, crown? I'm 12. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he's got the 20 in there. Yeah. That movie, I could quote like the back of my hand. Like my brothers and I, like... I'll just be like at home cooking and like my brother will come in and I'll be like, I smell cinnamon rolls. <laughs> or like we're having macaroni tonight. That means garlic bread. That's hilarious. <laughs> just stupid, yeah. stupid quotes from that. Yeah, yeah. But I'd say that, uh, Happy Gilmore and um, what's the other one with Adam Sandler? Oh, Not so Big many. Daddy. Um, the Longest Yard. The Longest Yard is a great one too. That's another one of my top five. Um, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. Billy Madison. There yeah. we go. Those ones all great fire. movies. Yep. Yeah, I can quote fire. all of them like the back of my hand. Absolutely fire. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, we wrap up. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Troy. Troy? Yeah. Why? I mean, well, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can so, see how, but like why? I think uh, it like imprinted on me as a young child. It's one of my first memories, one of the first movies that I watched with my dad. So yeah. I think we just watched it over and over again. And I can remember I uh, just watching it like every night to fall asleep. So. Aw. Yeah. That's wholesome. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm over here like, this movie has great dick jokes. And you're like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, this one's not, no dick jokes, unfortunately. Just war. Yeah. So Troy's my, Troy's my favorite. So I was, I like grew up in like a, like an indoctrinating like war camp for the small amount of time my dad was with me. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Who's like the biggest influence in your life? My mom. Yeah. Why? Uh, Watching her go through everything she went through from, you know, my parents splitting up when I was six. She went to jail. She got out first. My dad went away for the rest of my my childhood in a sense. And she was able to she was in a nursing degree. But since she got a felony, she wasn't able to get the RN. So she made minimum wage and worked three jobs. She was a hospice nurse at night. So as I got older, I didn't realize how much of a toll that takes on somebody. You know what I mean? When you're taking care of somebody that's dying. And we grew up on uh, essentially, you know, welfare. We grew up on food stamps and really didn't have anything. So seeing her manage all of that and still, uh, you know, provide us love, food, and even when times were hard and food was low or different things like that, like, you know what I mean? We still had, you know, each other, my mom, my mm-hmm. sister. So seeing her manage that and only cry a few times despite the chaos and demon that I was, you know what I mean? It was And still are. <laughs> and still are. So, you know, uh she's uh she's my adversity king. That's what inspired Aww. adversity king. So adversity and then without ha- with obviously my dad not there. So a lot of people think the king is, you know, masculine. It's actually feminine for me cuz I my king was my mom. I love that. Yes. I love that. Follow-up question. Yes. Because, I mean, I'm in the nursing field and getting out there soon, but I know how hard hospice nursing can be. I mean, I've got a lot of friends that do it. Yeah. It's, it can be absolutely tragic. Yes. You said she only cried the handful of times. How often did she smile? Yeah. You know, I think because we had so little simultaneously, we had so much, you know what I mean? Because when you don't, when you you don't have, 
exposure and desire is what's directly linked with, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, uh, depression or because once you desire something, you're, then you're immediately admitting to yourself mm-hmm. like this is what you're willing to sacrifice for. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So there wasn't much exposed to us outside of just one another and, and food. You know what I mean? That was yeah. our priorities is like, let's eat and let's have one another. So, you know, seeing her smile was actually pretty often because, uh, you know, like if anybody gets to know me, like I love like uh not classic music, you would say. We would call it classic music, but like '70s rock, '80s rock, Hell and like yeah. like that older music. You know what I mean? Like Bob Sager and stuff like that. Um, and we listen to that stuff, kind of like if anybody's seen the Guardians of the Galaxy, like that soundtrack. Yes, yeah, yes. that Such kind a of music. Soundtrack. So like that music to us is like our family language. You know what I mean? So like we hear it, and it's just it brings back the memories of you know what I mean. It's like soul music for us. So smiling, we smiled. Uh, we smiled a lot amidst all of the the pain and you know, the different things that we had to go through. But, you know, I know people with way worse stories, and I think that makes me, like, just kind of stay, you know, cheered up. Because if you talk to my assistant about her story, it's way worse than mine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like she, like, was raised in a closet or something. Mm-hmm. So, and she's open about talking about it. I think that's, because I used to feel bad growing up. I'm like, man, I had it horrible. You know what I mean? Both my parents were in jail, no relationship with my dad, and beaten, and all this crazy stuff. And it's like, then someone's like, I don't have a family. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I got a mom. So, yeah. you know, sometimes that's that's uh, more than, than a lot of people understand. And sometimes that quote, you know, you don't realize how good you got until it's gone. Yeah. So I think that's that's uh, kind of ties into, yeah. you know, all that, the smiles and certain things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love what you said where you said language, like, or, uh, sorry, music. Yeah. That was your guys' language. Yes. And... I talked about this recently with somebody like no matter where you are, no matter who they are, no matter if it's a person, an animal, like if it's a cat, a dog, a bird, like a human being, you got to speak their language. Right. Yeah. So like, like I grew up around horses and I worked with dog rescue for a long time. Yeah. You can't walk up to a horse and like pet it and be like, you're the cutest thing ever. Yeah, some of them are going to freak out. Some of them are going to kick you in the face. Yeah. Some of them are going to use their head as a battery ram. One of my horses, as an example, and I didn't never completely owned a horse, but I took care of her. Yeah. She was batshit crazy. Yeah. Her name was Bubbles. Right? Ironic. Yeah. Super horses ironic. Horses always have the craziest name. <laughs> like Sugar Cube. Sugar Cube, <laughs> like right. 800 pound beast. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? This horse, she was 32 years old, and horses usually live between 25 and 30. So yeah. she was already old. And this horse would use her head as a battery ram if oh, she didn't yes, like you. Yes. So I fucking loved this horse and she loved me back because I spoke her language. Because yeah. it's all about, with horses, it's all about body language. Yes. And like in tone. Yes. Like your body language speaks volumes. When you're out in the field with a horse and that horse doesn't want to be caught and you're trying to get them to come back in, you can't just like walk straight at them. Yeah. Because what do predators do? They walk straight at them, right? Yes. So you got to speak their language. You got to zigzag. You got to walk. You got to look away from them. You got to pretend like you're not paying attention. Then you're right there and you hold their halter. Yes. And they're like, oh, shit, they caught me. Yeah. Um, But I think a lot can be said with that. You know, like speaking somebody's language, whether it's body language, whether it's your tone or eye contact or just being around somebody and not saying anything speaks volumes. Everything's a language, right? The way you sit next to somebody, the way you look at them, the way you talk to them, the tone you use, it's all language, the music you play for them. And I think there's so much to be said about treating people and like communicating without saying words. Yeah. So to hear that music is like your family's language, I love hearing that. Yeah. Because, you know, like 
I don't know. I just, I think that's the, the coolest thing that you guys, Yeah. that's like a love language, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like a love language. And that's, there's a little book out there and it's, it's mm -hmm. good for relationships and just self-diagnosis of communication. It's called the five love languages. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's good on like, oh, you know, some people like, you know, positive affirmations, which I don't know who likes negative affirmations. <laughs> But I guess me? that could be a weird. I think it's me. Yeah, that could, be a weird, <laughs> that could be a weird little funny topic. But you know, quality time and different things like that. But uh, yeah, man, I think the the music for us is is definitely a big thing. So yeah, yeah. that's so awesome. Dope. Yeah. So this was dope. I'm yeah. so glad you got on. Um, we'll have to do it again in the future. Hell Follow yeah. up in a year or two. See how Daisy Fresh is going and yeah. Southern Illinois is going for you. I'll be it, in town all the time. Let's go. So let me know. Let's go. Anything else you want to shout out? Um, I want to give a big shout out to Omar at 10th Planet Lombard. You know, like that's my family there. Like I may be moving, but y'all are my family. Y'all are my home. So four years with you, you're still going to see my face. You can't get Let's rid go. of me. I'm still going to pop up in a town that's only four hours away. I'll, I'll hit a couple twisters on her, Omar. Make up for it. <laughs> Probably not. What's the main camera so I can... <laughs> that one for you. He's not going to do it. No, <laughs> not at all. Four, four years later. Yeah, yeah. When I come back into town and he has me on the podcast again, that's when he's gonna try and hit the twister, and he still won't be able to do it. I'm you better believe this man will never twister me. I want this like. We'll see. <laughs> coming out there, I'm gonna start taking the the Gordon uh, Ryan stack, and then we'll fucking see. Gordon Ryan, I'm pretty sure has a video about how like twister isn't like the truck doesn't work or something. Or no, <laughs> he has can... a video about how rubber guard doesn't work. I've I and he calls he calls uh, the fuck is it called? Um, lockdown. He calls that something, something weird. He calls it like lightning rod or something. What? I don't know because I watch lightning his instructionals rod. every like all the time, and I'm like, what did he just call this? Because I know this person hasn't been a lockdown, and I'm like, I forget. Lightning rod. I forget. You something gotta weird. tell me that's something, so funny. Yeah, something stupid. But all right, well, this is dope. This is Katie. Where can everybody find you? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at uh, k a t i e underscore b o c h e n e k. You can pronounce my last name wrong all you want. Um, everybody does, but yeah, find me on Instagram. Don't look at me on Snapchat. I'm not going to add you Facebook. Don't look at me. I'm not going to add you, Let's go. <laughs> but hit me up. And are you working on the promotion for the next Midwest finishers in April, right? Yeah. So I always kind of work with Omar. Um, okay. I do a lot of our bracket recruiting and a cool. lot of our matchmaking. Let's so go. basically anytime we have a big match where Omar's like, Hey, I want yeah. an opponent for this. I'm like, I'm on it. Are all the spots filled? No, no. We still have some openings. Um, women's bracket is filled. Men's bracket is one. technically one more, but we have yeah. a few black belts that just applied yesterday. Um, we have room for super fights. Get those applications in ASAP. Uh, April 1st, Midwest Finishers, 10th Planet Lombard, just outside Chicago. Come on out. Uh, throw that application down and hit me up, too. Let me know you applied, and yes. I'll try and fast track you in there. Let's go. Cool. Thank you. Great. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.